Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, in part two of my trip report, I have some tips for you if you're planning to visit Disney World anytime soon. If you'd like to support the podcast at no cost to you, you can always use me as your travel agent to plan your Disney trips. I'll do all the hard work for you so you can focus on having a great trip. Get started today by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. You can also support the podcast by subscribing or with a one-time, do- or with a one-time donation at patreon.com slash disneydecipher, where you can receive bonus content. You can find old episodes of the podcast at disneydecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with the podcast anytime, disneydeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on last week's episode, I gave a kind of overview of my two-day trip with my three-year-old to Disney World, but I wanted to share some specific tips that hopefully can help you if you're planning a trip in the near future during this still reopening period of Disney World. So let's get straight to it, Leslie. Let's start with My first tip, which is regarding dining, you really need to get the My Disney Experience app. At one point, I was waiting outside of Cosmic Rays for my food, and I saw no less than four people get turned away because they came up. They don't let you inside the restaurant without a mobile order and people kept coming up to the cast member and the cast member was like do you have a mobile order and they were like no and so they had to turn around so you really have to get the my disney experience app i only saw one person so actually cosmic race does have a counter open for people who do not mobile order but the only people who i saw get sent to that counter was an older couple who was like what what's the app we don't use the app And then those people got sent to the place where you could actually order at the counter, but everyone else was turned away. They were asked to mobile order first. So if you have a smartphone, they're expecting you to be able to use it. Is that the bottom line? Or you have to successfully present in a way that they would believe you do not have a smartphone. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't want to uh, be ageist or anything. So, you know, I'll let you guys figure out the subtext there. That's fair. So yeah, definitely get comfortable with the app. I'm, I've am i been watching this too for Disneyland because I expect it's going to be quite similar. It really has amazed me over the years just how few people have really made the most of mobile ordering, but now I guess they're, they're twisting our arm. I got to say, the system is near great. I wouldn't say it's great. I would say it's near great, and I'll say why it's only near great in a second. Because what you can do is you can mobile order when you're in a queue. All right. Say that you want to get the food sometime between now and like 45 minutes from now. Go on your ride. And then when you get off the attraction, tap the I'm here button. And that's when they start preparing your food. And if it's a five minute walk to the restaurant, five to 10 minute walk to the restaurant, by the time you get there, they'll say, pick up your food at counter six. And then you show that to the cast member who is standing guard and then you walk straight to counter six and the beauty of it is counter six there is nobody at counter six except for you like counter six is for you and your food maybe in busier times there'll be like one other person who's queuing there but the great thing about this system is like all the counters are focused on mobile order and so they just send in one group at a time to go pick up the food so Every time I would go to the counter, I'd like go to the counter and there was no one else there. And I just pick up my food. And this was so much better than even in the past when I would use mobile order. There's still like a scrum of people in front of all the counters, but I didn't have to worry about it. And so I really love this system. 
That's great. Now, I know with so many people using mobile order now, the slots, the time slots for returning are filling up. So how far in advance did you need to mobile order to ensure you were going to get food? So I think it was a little less crowded when I was there. The only mobile order restaurant I saw that I could not get a slot for now. So like the earliest slot you can get is now to like 45 minutes from whenever now is. The only restaurant that I saw that I could not get that was for Woody's Lunchbox. But even that, the first slot was only like half an hour later. So it really was not that bad. And as long as you're not picky about where you're going to eat your quick service... You can really get it anywhere, kind of at any time. Now, it gets a little bit different at dinner. Like I said, restaurants start closing down, like some start closing at five or six. And so you need to get a little bit ahead of things. However, as I will mention later on, the parks really get less crowded around dinner time. So it's actually not that bad queue-wise. Now, the reason why I do not think the system is great yet or it's not great for me is because they have updated it so that you can use a Disney gift card to pay for your mobile order. However, I do not know why, but you need to re-input the Disney gift card every single time you make a mobile order. So if you get lunch and then an hour later you want to get a Dole Whip, you still need to re-enter your Disney gift card. So my pro tip is cut and paste, like copy your Disney gift card number so you can just cut and paste it in so you don't have to keep pulling out your Disney gift card and typing it every single time. That is the one kind of downside of mobile order right now. That's smart. I know one thing you can also do is a keyboard shortcut in your phone where you maybe like have like three digits or something that you could type in and it pastes the whole thing. So that might be a good use of that. I use that for blogging and social media purposes with like a big long string of hashtags so maybe that maybe that's some iphone fanciness that i don't know about (laughs) i'm I'm sure it's on android as well but uh yeah hiding in those that's a good tip too yeah yeah so no that's great that's great so definitely i mean i'm just glad we can use gift cards but yeah that does make it really hard when you're juggling a kid to be able to do that quickly especially if you're kind of eating your way through the parks which i know i do with young kids like a churro every other hour so there you go All right. So how were tables when it came to to dining? I mean, you did the mobile order. So then I presume you're headed outside. What was the availability like? And were you able to find like a clean table most of the time? Yeah. So getting tables was pretty straightforward. Like I said, last episode, they really, because of how they limit how many people can order at the same time, I think it's based on the number of tables that are available. So I never had trouble finding a table. In fact, I never had trouble finding a table that wasn't even next to a table that was full of people. So that was pretty good. Now, my second tip is regarding table service restaurants. Just like in the past, I saw a lot of reservations open up last minute. And so you can still get those last minute reservations if you'd like at table service restaurants. And I also noticed that the table service restaurants really did not seem that full at like one or two of them. I would pass by and I would see them. They would have signs that said like I was at the Grand Floridian and 1900 Park Fair had a sign that said only for Grand Floridian guests right now. But other than that, it did look like, you know, you could probably walk up and get a table if um, you decide you need to take a longer break last minute. So I would definitely say even if you don't get your dining reservations, 60 days in advance, um, definitely try to walk up and you probably will have some luck. Even with the restricted capacity, I just don't think the demand is there right now, at least at a lot of the table service restaurants. And so you should be able to find a table if you want to. Excellent. Good to know. Well, lots of good tips there built in for dining and eating. Let's talk about security. So did you get to any of the parks for rope drop and how was the, the security line at that hour? I did not get to any parks at what you would consider 
an actual rope job, which is at least half an hour before the park was supposed to open. I did get to Hollywood Studios at 9 a.m. on the dot, which is when it was supposed to open. And the security lines were really short. With the new system where you can bring your bag through, it really streamlines things and it really eliminates one of the two major bottlenecks as you're going through security. Now, the temperature screening, that really is not a bottleneck. That's very fast. And now you get through with your bags very quickly. And so that's very fast too. And so now the only bottleneck is the tapping your magic band or your RFID card on the Mickey head. But you don't even need to use your fingerprint now either. So even though that is a bottleneck, it's still not as bad of a bottleneck as it used to be. Now, my tip in terms of security is, you know, I thought I was smart on the first day and I put a bunch of stuff in the bottom of my stroller and didn't bring a bag because I forgot that they have this new system where you don't need to, they don't check your bags physically. And so I thought I was like all smart and I would save time because I could walk through without them having to check my bag. Well, of course I got there and they're like, take everything out of the bottom of your stroller because they need to physically look in the bottom of your stroller. So my tip is pack a bag because since they don't check your bags anymore, unless you get randomly selected, you can just walk straight through. And so leave your, the bottom of your stroller empty so you don't have to clear anything out, pack a bag, go right through, save some time. Great tip. All right, Joe, well, let's get on to tips that you have for us for just touring the parks, avoiding the lines. I'm sure you found a way, even in this world of only being able to stand in a standard queue, I'm sure you found a way to to dodge some of the crowds, right? Yeah. If you pay attention to my Disney experience or just even look at the crowds, they the parks really clear out around 5, 6, 7 p.m. And Disney keeps extending the hours. So most parks are open to 8, 9, 10. Epcot's open till 11 p.m. on a lot of dates. And so right now, especially with the three-year-old, touring late was the way to go. I did not want to force her to rope drop. But going late, uh, there was a lot of short queues. You know, I wasn't seeing queues longer than like 10, 15 minutes, especially at Magic Kingdom. After 7 p.m., like queues were just like 15 minutes. Like Big Thunder was posted at 15 minutes. So that means that was probably a walk on at that time. Of course, I didn't, I couldn't take my daughter in Big Thunder, but that was a great option. And so I think touring late in the evening, and then of course, don't forget it's Florida. So it's going to be cooler in the evening, especially right now when it's not as humid. You know, touring in the evening is a great way to do things. Of course, if you rope drop, if you get there half an hour, 45 minutes before park opening, you still can get on a ton of rides before things start filling up. But midday, like even starting at 10 a.m., it did feel more full than it had in the past. And I think that's because just the effects of every queue being a standby queue. So I really tried to avoid 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. for touring and like do as much as I could before 11 and do as much as I could after like 5 p.m. You know, I think that's your best bet for lowest lines. Did you use uh, touring plans at all to sort of optimize your your plans for the trip? Or did you just kind of go with the three-year-old whims? Yeah, so I have a touring plans subscription so I could use their Lines app, which lets you optimize touring plans in real time. It was a little bit finicky. So like it took me a while to get used to it. You have to actually hit the optimize button and then you need to refresh your plan and then it'll tell you where you should go. But what I appreciated about the touring plans app is even without using the touring plan itself, it gives you like kind of an estimated waited time about like how long they think you'll actually wait in line compared to what the posted waited time was. So I use that quite a bit. So if you are a touring plan subscriber, which is only like $12, $15 a year, and you get a lot of other great stuff with that, um, you can use that Lines app. And I found that to be um, very helpful. Were there any attractions, Joe, where the lines surprised you? 
Yeah, so believe it or not, I did not manage to get on Small World on this trip, and that's because Small World's posted wait time was never less than 25-30 minutes, and the way the queue is now, a lot of it's inside, but... I can see I could see that the queue was like pretty long. So I'm not sure what it is about Small World's loading. I, I it's got to partially be because it's a boat. Like Jungle Cruise has a similar issue, but Small World consistently had long lines and so we just didn't manage to get on it. By the time the lines were short, which was about an hour before park closed, it was like I can go on Small World, but that's going to be like a half hour commitment because the ride itself is like 15-20 minutes long or I can get on three other attractions and so I chose to get on three other attractions instead. So it's just one of those weird things. Didn't get to go on Small World. The line was just way longer than I expected. Yeah, it's interesting how the COVID modifications like affect different attractions differently. So I will not be skipping Small World. I can tell you that when I go to Disneyland in June with my son, that is his favorite ride. I mean, that is to him what Alien Swirling Saucers is to your son. So <laughs> we're not missing it. Yeah. And daughter now too, by the way. They both oh. it, so yep. <laughs> you're just yep. doomed. You're never getting off that ride ever, ever again, I, Joe. I am not. I am not. Yeah, I I part of me was like, if I had to do it again, would I rope drop small world? And I would like with a three year old, I would consider doing that. Because Peter Pan the line stays like consistently around twenty, twenty five minutes all day, at least when I was there. And late at night it's even shorter. And so, you know, it's it was small world that looked the slowest and I don't know if I did it if I had to do it all again I might rope drop small world if I if that's something that I had to get on with my kid interesting new strategies all right Joe well I know you had to drop by guest relations any tips in regard to that experience yeah my tip is just if you have an issue go to guest relations they will do their best to help you out I had so many issues in the last episode I talked about I had the park pass reservation issue guest relations handled that Uh, at one point my daughter was asleep for a nap and i had another issue another ticket issue that i had to take care of guest relations helped me with that and then ultimately my daughter lost one of her toys and guest relations helped me with that as well and was even kind enough to replace it i think it was because she was having a meltdown at the time which had nothing to do with the toy but guest relations thought she was melting down about the toy and i guess they felt bad for her and they gave me a voucher for a new replacement which they say they rarely do but i was really appreciative of how nice guest relations was and how helpful they were the whole time you you trained her well you know to cry on command for uh the replacement toy well done joe <laughs> yes i said the code word and she flipped out right that's on right cue, so that's right well done there i do want to say another thing that i really regret is i did not give any of these super helpful guest relations people's cast compliments and like when i left guest relations or like an hour later i was like oh shoot i should have gotten their names because they all deserved cast compliments i think my brain was just too scattered but Remember that if a cast member does something nice for you, you can give them a cast compliment. You can post it on Twitter, tweet the Disney official account and do hashtag cast compliment and, you know, show them some love. So it was my bad for forgetting that. So hopefully people are hearing this and they will remember to do cast compliments because I really wish I'd given, especially some of those guest relation people, some cast compliments. Although all the cast members were super nice to my daughter. I think it did not hurt that she was wearing her Elsa dress that, uh, was a big hit amongst the cast members. And solo dad and daughter at Disney together. I mean, you you guys had the the red carpet and rolled out for you, I'm sure. So it's always a good combination, I think. Super cute. All right. Well, any tips with regard to shopping? Did you get any shopping done? I, I guess you did because you had to replace a stuffed animal. 
All right, my first tip is do not go to the Disney Numo. I don't know how to pronounce that. N-U-I-M-O section. These things are so cute that I came home with four of them and my wife did not complain. And she specifically told me before we left, do not come back with any more stuffed animal crap. But I came back with four and she did not complain. So yeah, Disney Numos, avoid them if you do not want to spend more money than you plan to on merchandise. All right. Good to know because we're swimming in Disney stuffed animals over here. The other problem is they're like smaller, which one makes them more cuter. And then two tricks you into thinking you have more space in your house for them. The perfect storm. Oh, and you can buy outfits to put on them, which thankfully my kid did not figure (laughs) out otherwise. Oh, It's a real racket. It's a real racket, let me tell you. (laughs) Good. I'm glad I'm warned before I take my kids. (laughs) So good. They are very cute, though. So anyway, yes, aside from my recommendations about what merchandise to avoid if you do not want your wallet to be lighter, I think the thing that you need to know about the gift shops right now is that you are not going to get to walk in necessarily like immediately. There will sometimes be a queue going into the gift shop. Now, I found that The worst time for the queue was actually around dinner time because a lot of people leave the parks around dinner time. So that's when I saw the longest queue. Of course, there was a queue around park close, but I stood in that queue and that queue was like two minutes. Like that one moved really quickly, but really around dinner time, that's when the most people are trying to buy things. So either go early or go super late. I actually prefer this queue going into the store because even though... The store was quote unquote full. It felt way less full than, you know, it used to feel on a typical night. So I really appreciated that. You know, I didn't feel like I was bumping elbows with like a million people in the store. So overall, I did not mind the merchandise buying experience at all, which of course, now that I think about that and I say that out loud, may be why I ended up buying more merchandise. So maybe it's a bad thing overall. It worked. Whatever they Disney did, it worked on you. So I know, Joe, you were there Not long after Disney lifted the mask requirement for outdoor photos. So did you take some photos without your mask? Did you make the most of PhotoPass during this trip? Yeah, I did. As an annual pass holder, of course, I get all of my photos. Well, not for free, but included in the cost of the annual pass. So I took a bunch of photos. Now, I really wanted photos with masks on just because I don't want to say I want to remember this time. I mean, it's been, of course, a really tough time. At the same time, it is like a historic time, a once in a century event. And I was like, I kind of want to remember that things were different at this time. So what I did was my daughter and I would take pictures with masks on and also with masks off. And I also realized, especially with a three-year-old, that the pictures with masks on ended up being better because she does not know what to do with her mouth when we are taking a picture. You know, if you have her mouth and nose covered, she only has to focus her eyes in the right place. So the pictures end up looking better when she had the mask on, which of course is a function of having a three-year-old, but just something to bear in mind. And the PhotoPass photographers were happy to do both and the lines were not super long for photo pass cues of course there are no characters but you know castle shots etc etc the lines were very manageable so i was really happy with my photo pass experience and happy that i had both options 
Yes, that sounds like a good uh, compromise to get your historic moment captured and then uh, get the practical pictures at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the, the three-year-old's posing, that's, that is a I, challenge. I just, I just don't understand what, like, what they're doing with their mouths sometimes, like in these pictures. <laughs> Maybe it's just your kids, Joe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah, it must no. be. It must be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. My, I have a seven-year-old who still like, can't look at the camera, so I, I get it. All right, Joe. Well, that's a lot of tips that we've bundled in there for folks headed to Disney World in the next, you know, coming weeks and coming months. Why don't we close it out with a Disney do or don't? What do you have for us? Yeah, so I think my Disney do is to just go ahead and make a mobile order in advance just to have as backup. If you do not ever say that you're here in the mobile order, I think it just automatically cancels at the end of the night. But that way you don't have to worry about scrambling to order food later. And then you can, of course, change it or cancel it. But that way you don't have to worry about having a dining window or missing a dining window it's kind of the same idea of what i said a few weeks ago you know just make your park pass reservation in advance and then change it if you need to but just get something down like i said in the last episode we cannot be as spontaneous anymore so you might as well plan something in advance and then change it if you need to Um, but that is my disney do or don't all right great tip joe sounds like a great trip overall and uh, grateful that you can finally be back in the parks and we can be talking about some real on the ground experience yeah i'm grateful as well and i know a lot of listeners you guys have been in the parks as well so if you have any tips for us about visiting disney world right now let us know disneydeciphered at gmail.com at www.deciphered on twitter or find us on our facebook page teaching deciphered next week leslie will have been to disneyland so you know these trip experiences are coming fast and furious nine so i'm pretty excited to hear your experience next week at disneyland leslie but uh before we get to leslie next week we just want to thank everyone for sticking around you know, the pandemic is not over, but we do want to thank everyone for sticking with us to listen to a Disney podcast by two people who have not been to a Disney park in 15 months. We really appreciate all of you who have been sticking around and listening to us through all this time. Absolutely. And are grateful for all the tips you've been feeding us, those of you who've been going. And, you know, it's nice to get them from reliable sources and not from random tipsters on Twitter, although we get tips from there, too. Yes, we take any and all tips. So thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing my experience back in the parks and you're getting a chance to get to the parks sometime soon as well. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and I'll see you next week at Disneyland's reopening. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Joe.